You're eating dinosaur. I'm sure by now most people know that birds are like direct descendants of dinosaurs. But did you know that turkeys and chickens are the most genetically similar to dinosaurs than other birds? Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right, Charlie, we got to get right in. Zach Wilson. That's the news of the day or yesterday. Well, first of all, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And um, because anyone who listens to this show, you know that I'm a bit of an introvert and big functions are not my thing. So I thought that as my gift to other introverts, make sure that we record a Thanksgiving episode so y'all can put your AirPods in and slip off to a corner and hang out with me because that's what I'm going to be doing. Listen to somebody else's podcast on Thanksgiving, trying not to get into no family fights. Charlie, what are you? Are you the are you the life of the party on Thanksgiving? Is that you? Uh, I'm gonna be honest. Family get-togethers. I'm just a heavy drinker on them. <laughs> like, just, like I, I'm not even gonna front. I'm just gonna self-medicate and get through it. I got my in-laws are meeting my parents. We're doing a, like a joint family oh. Thanksgiving, and that's gonna oh. be bur- bourbon and stuffing. <laughs> gonna be stressful yeah like to be clear i don't have a problem with my family i like them they're good yeah, same. it's just me like i i'm not with it <laughs> i yeah i'm i'm not gonna to self-medicate it's fortunate it's a big enough family that i can just disappear and no one like needs anything from me i'm a fried turkey carve it and do all the important family things and then i'll disappear to somewhere and and not engage in too much of the foolishness. All right. So back to the top, Zach Wilson, like it's the news of the day or the news of yesterday, depending on when you're listening to this, but he's getting benched for the jets. They're going to move forward with Mike white, right? That's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the one thing that I assume (sighs) he's been getting bashed. And I don't know that jumping on here to bash him is worth doing. He's a 23-year-old guy who wants to succeed and is not succeeding. And I consider myself like a player's first guy, and I want to defend the players, and I want to see like the contrarian perspective when it is there to be seen. You're laughing at me, but this is true about what I want to be. But damn, he makes it hard. Yeah, okay. There we go. Thank God. Gosh, he makes it so hard. Like, after the game, just say, yeah, it's my bad. And now I'm hoping that this is some sort of faulty reporting that someone got fooled on this next quote. But supposedly when uh, Sala told Zach Wilson that he was going to be benched, he said, why me? Yeah, I want to play. Why me? I want to play. It's like, why me? It's just the worst possible. It's like, was that Nancy Kerrigan? I feel like yes. that's when I heard, when I read that all I heard was Nancy Kerrigan like why you it seems like the his grip on reality uh and this is a bit difficult cuz I'm not I don't spend enough time around him to know this but like the stuff that's coming out the quotes that he's making seems like he's detached from reality right. and I guess there's a a part of all of us that I mean we're all selfish mm mm-hmm. And we're all the protagonists in our own stories. So when things go wrong, I think it's often human nature to think of other people to blame it on or excuses or reasons. And then somewhere between there and when you have to talk to someone else, particularly when you're a leader, you figure out a way to take responsibility, whether it's your 
fault or not, but I don't know. This may not relate, but I, it just happened to me. I just went upstairs to get some coffee because I need some. And I walked past the recycling pile and there was a cinnamon toast crunch box uh, on the top of the pile. I'm going somewhere with this, Charlie. Okay. And I love cinnamon toast crunch. Go for oh, it. Me too. I opened that box yesterday and the kids got to it. And I said, why me? Like, I, I felt like really aggrieved. Like, uh, honestly, I didn't say why me, but under my breath, this is what I said. <clears throat> Man, I can't have Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, my wife buys the Cinnamon Toast Crunch specifically for me. I don't really like dessert. So, like, when I do have dessert, it's a bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch at night. And, like, yeah. I really prize my cinnamon, cinnamon Toast Crunch. And everyone in the house knows I love my Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I just opened that yesterday, Charlie, and it's in a recycling pile already today. And I just feel like Zach Wilson because like that, it, it felt like everything was piling up on me. But actually, my life's pretty good. Everyone here cares about me. They're whatever. But that one moment, I felt like, damn. And Zach is up here with no Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So I feel sorry for him. For a second, I thought Zach Wilson was going to be the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That analogy. <laughs> we got him yesterday no. and he's already in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a more accurate analogy. I was trying to go the emotional route, but um, yeah, he he is. It looked really good from except no, he's not cinnamon toast crunch. Because cinnamon toast crunch don't miss. Yeah, <laughs> Zach has not hit a shot yet. I've I've never had a bad bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. It's one of the few cereals where if you're out of milk, you finish the bowl anyway. You run out yeah. of milk, you go ahead and you just dry, dry. Um, so. I got a bunch of questions about Zach, right, about cool. Zach from for, for your perspective. You don't want me to make serial analogies for no, no. You can you can make serial analogies for every single one of these questions. Totally fine by me, but I do. So he has pretty much been the worst quarterback in the NFL this year. Yeah, on the field, but it also feels like he's getting benched because of his behavior, just as much of it for it. And how do you parse that? Do you think what what do you think the final straw is here? Do you think if he had played five percent better but had been this defiant would he still be benched or if he had played just as bad but been like hand up i gotta be better would we still be seeing zach wilson playing this weekend um it's about wins but he's five and two no i'm saying if they yeah. won this last week on a bad win uh i mean on a bad game we would have been fine mm -hmm. and i think that's the order it's wins then it's his play then it's his like um, quotes and whatever, honestly. And I think there's another factor that the quotes speak to, but we don't know is true or not. It's just like who he is. Yeah. In the locker room. And if he has the support of the players and if he has the support of the coaching staff, and a lot of times that is based on the perception they have of you. Yes. If you are like a, I'm putting it all out there, buy in type of guy, I think that buys you. I mean, this is obvious stuff that most well, people would understand, but we don't know. And it, it just well, no, the, here, here's the thing on it. Here's mm -hmm. a direct comp to that. Zach Wilson, five and two as a starter this season, 45 QBR. His teammates seem to be out on him. He is on the bench. Taylor Heineke, four and one this season, 46 QBR, same QBR. His teammates have just rallied around him and love him and now he is starting for the rest of the season and so that that's the difference that's some good research right there um yeah i, I mean i think that's a, a fair comparison and 
I think the personality has a lot to do with it because Taylor Heineke, like, and I mean, the wins help, but Taylor Heineke is like a, I don't know. I it's always feel, yeah, I always feel a little uncomfortable, but mascot is, is not nice, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> I always feel uncomfortable, like trying to project, like I know what these people relationships are based on what's happening on the field. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's all we kind of have to draw off of. And it does seem like they, the teammate, the team likes him and he gives like emotional fist pumps, which sounds stupid, but it like feels like something. And I guess Kirk Cousins is the other side of this coin where they like seem to rally around him in a, in a joking sort of way. (laughs) (laughs) But it feels like Justin Jefferson and other guys on that team are at times wish for somebody else to be throwing them the football. But anyway, I, I think that's the order for, for Zach Wilson. If if you play well, Aaron Rodgers is a prime example. You can get away with treating people any way you want. <laughs> yeah. You know, and if you're winning, uh, and I think there's a lot of quarterbacks you could point to that win on, and Zach Wilson is one of those quarterbacks when they were winning and he was playing poorly. Uh, there wasn't this rumbling to get him up out of there. All right. More questions. Give them to me. All right. Do you think he's on the Jets next year? Yeah, I do think he's on the Jets next year. Um, do I think he's ever going to be their starting quarterback? Probably not, because I feel like this hmm. this situation is his his best opportunity might be somewhere else. You know, like this is one of those like change the scenery things, which right. never really works. But like that's the only hope where it's a team that's in rebuild mode. And they're like, all right, let's kick the tires on this guy. He's a first round talent. <laughs> you got you got a place for him to go. Speaking of which, okay, the Jets are kind of loaded. Like Garrett Wilson looks like a freak athlete. Yeah, Elijah Moore is was awesome last year when Joe Flacco played. They should have Brees Hall back if everyone comes back from the ACL. The defense. Let's talk about really the defense. Good. There we go. The defense uh, is really good and really fast. Why don't they trade Zach Wilson and two first round picks for Aaron Rodgers? Zach Wilson and two first round picks for Aaron Rodgers. All right. Um presumably you've figured out all the cap ramifications. This is possibly something that can be done. Um, Assuming I did that research. Yeah. yeah. In quotes. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's do that. Um, We. Russell Wilson is the reason not to. Okay. Um, Because Aaron is coming off of what looks like a, a bad season. Russell was coming off of at least the end of a bad season. And it like, it snowballed right into another bad season where we're legitimately talking about him. Like, is he cooked? Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers is older uh, and you could possibly be having the same thing. And it's like Tom Brady's an aberration. Let's not all believe that these guys can do this forever. That's the argument against it. And the other argument against it is, you're trading one annoying guy for another annoying guy with <laughs> this one happens to be talented and right. you're in, and you're in New York. Like Aaron Rodgers was, uh, I hate the word distraction, but he was like a, a media lightning rod in the smallest market in all of professional sports. Put Aaron Rodgers in New York. And I don't know what happens. So, I mean, these are, I think the instinct immediately is like, yes, so that's why I wanted to go through why there would be reason to say no. And I mean, the other reason is it it concentrates your window. 
because Aaron Rodgers is year to year. So like that's a trade that you do if you if you're fine with winning the Super Bowl next year. And I guess there's also possibly well, you would have traded away your first round pick, so you won't be able to get a high draft pick. But also, given the history of the Jets first round quarterbacks. Maybe y'all just don't know how to do this. Right. <laughs> Maybe y'all are jinxed and you need to bring the success that they've had with quarterbacks. I guess uh it was Brett Favre. They had a stretch there. They did he draft. He wasn't even that good there, though. Yeah, that's true. They did draft Mark Sanchez, who was a game manager, and he wasn't the long-term answer there. I guess Chad Pennington was effective there for a stretch, right? I'm thinking back. Are there any other? Do you know who the best quarterback they've drafted? In like Dino the last Smith. 20 years, this. yes, hands down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they let him out of there. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think I don't like to trade. If I'm Joe Douglas and I'm building something here, dropping Aaron Rodgers in that situation scares me. And you know how I feel about like the idea of a first round quarterback being the only key to success. I think it's the fastest way to have a quarterback yeah. on a rookie deal. It's probably the fastest way to success, but you also, if you draft really well, if you got get hall of famers at other positions and uh, I point to Vaughn Miller a lot for that yeah, example, then you can have a lot of success. And so they've done well in the draft and they might have a guy like that in, um, in sauce and, two more chances to do that next year. Yeah. It feels enticing. I, and, I'm not here. Quinton Williams also a top, top 10 defensive tackle in the NFL. He simply should be a perennial pro bowl or all pro level player. He's the cutest monster going. Um, I'll throw one back at you. Um, would you rather? Never mind. No, no, you have to say it now. <laughs> um, so I was thinking about the, the picks. If you're the Jets, are you looking to trade for someone or trade up and try to get one of these quarterbacks that are in the draft? If you're looking, because I presume we've moved on to next year. I mean, I guess we should, before we get there, uh, they're less than 50%. I think about 30-something percent to make the playoffs now, given how things have turned out. Do you think they make the playoffs uh, behind Mike White? No. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't either. And do you think they believe that Mike White, Mike White might be the future? No, I don't. Yeah, I so. think I think this is as much punitive. And for, uh, I mean, if I were to guess, part of this is credibility with the rest of the team. Yeah. Part of this is credibility being like, you can't play like dog water for seven mm. weeks and behave like, at least from our small vantage point, right? behave like a, you know, a child. And we're yeah. going to reward that by, you continuing to have the most precious job in the organization. He's 23. Like, I, I, I know, feel like I, I have to remind people that, I mean, it's, we get, I think so many of these guys are like planning. It, it happens in basketball more often than in football, but quarterback is like the only position that's similar to like the basketball stardom where you're like a, a golden child from the time you're 14. And I think a lot, we get so accustomed to these guys who were, planning to be this and they've been doing media training and all that up until this point like forget that they're 20 damn three and like it just seems so difficult imagining i remember what it was like and i was never a quarterback and i was never in new york city and i was never a first round pick like i remember feeling the pressure of like playing well 
he's 23 year old BYU kid. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. he dropped in New York City and no, he's not going to handle everything right. But you're going to have to throw some touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. that's all it boils down to. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the more disappointing Wilson this year? Ross or Zach? Uh, Russ. 100 percent Russ. Zach hadn't given us any reason to be like have high hopes. Like I don't think we had high expectations for the Jets or uh, Zach Wilson. We definitely yeah. had high expectations for uh, the Broncos and for uh, Russell Wilson. The the only reason I would say Zach and the reason I think you if you're a Jets fan you have to be so disappointed in this. Can I read you picks three through fourteen in that draft? This sort of went viral on Twitter, but I just want to no. read it out because you had Lawrence go one, Zach Wilson go two, Trey Lance go three. Trey Lance is obviously a question mark. But then four through 14 beyond that, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Panay Sewell, J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertan, Devontae Smith, Justin Fields, Micah Parsons, Rayshon Slater, and Elijah Vera Tucker. You could have picked anyone else. <laughs> what if they had Sauce and Sertan? Oh, God. Right. That's a defense, right? I mean, that's not fair to DJ Reed because he's balling right now. I can't imagine that you would want to have any uh, better tandem than that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right. So this leads me to a, a, a little bit of a philosophical question. And we probably should have look into like the research around like success rate by position in the last 10 years or so, because I think that the um, effectiveness in drafts may could have shifted, but I kind of hate the idea of drafting quarterbacks high i just kind of hate it as a as an idea because it just it's such a dependent position and i hate it for the player and i also hate it for the team because the expectations are so high and and i've uh this is one of my pet theories that i roll, roll out all the time is the best quarterbacks in the league are quarterbacks that come into good situations because they have time to develop i think it is so much more important to build up a good situation 
around your quarterback. And I, I think probability wise, you could get a free agent quarterback or quarterback at the end of the first round and or in the middle of the first round or somewhere like that. I think you're more likely to develop a quarterback into a franchise quarterback if you get a, a medium, like a middle of the first round to end the first round talent in a good situation. Mm-hmm. Then if you get a uh, middle of the first round to the top of the draft talent, because you, to be honest, there is very little difference between them talent wise. Yeah. There's so many variables that uh, could change the way how good they are, because how often have we actually drafted quarterbacks in the right order based on how they succeeded? And I, I just feel like maybe every now and then, there's a Trevor Lawrence who hasn't really panned out, but like, yeah, if you're at the top of the draft and Trevor Lawrence is available, you better damn draft Andrew Luck, those sort of guys. But time and time again, you look around the league and there really is no difference in like talent or production based on like guys who are drafted anywhere in the first round. So if there is some decided advantage or more likely success rate for other positions, if you got a high draft pick, get those guys. I think it's it's so hard to use like a broad brush on any of this stuff because yeah. it's so talent it's so talent dependent year by year and also draft by draft and also we've had a really evolved a lot of this has changed because of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I think will continue to change moving forward of the way that we evaluate quarterbacks. For a long time, it was college success, college starts, college accuracy, and then you have two guys like that come in, and it's like, hold on a second maybe we should look at the six foot five guy with the rocket arm and like freakish athleticism and see if we can develop it that way. And that's, we've seen Justin Herbert become a star like that. And the the flip side would be Joe Burrow, who's been awesome through all of it. So it's really hard to paint one way. I do think the interesting way that like certain teams draft on tiers is probably the way to do it is like, if you evaluate these guys all in one tier, you should pick the guy at the best value from that. Yeah. And that's like, that's like, that is to your point, like, do not push too high for someone who you evaluate as the same talent level as someone you can get 10 picks later, 12 picks later, 15 picks later. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, as, as you know, I believe that absolutes are for children and dumb people. Yeah. So like, I would not say that absolutely always pass on the quarterback. It depends on the situation, but I do believe that, the history has shown us that you're better off creating the right situation. And like, I feel like there are, um, we can look at Tannehill as an example of a guy who isn't any better than he was (laughs) in Miami. It just put him in a better situation. Like there's a a long list. He got any better. I think they asked less of him. Yeah. And they supported him more. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I I guess he got better. I'm sure he got a little bit better. Like, it's ridiculous for me to say that he went from the first few years of his career to now being a vet and not gotten smarter or make better decisions. Yeah, he's gotten and healthier. Yeah, and healthier. He's gotten a little bit better. But I don't think that the difference in his numbers and his production is because, like, the air in Tennessee is cleaner. And, <laughs> and you know, like, he became a different quarterback. I guess my only point is we have a lot more evidence of – players being drafted into good situations or signed into good situations or traded into good situations and having success than 
yeah um then uh player being put in a bad situation or a mediocre situation and lifting everybody else up yeah i guess that's fair it's it's, it's so hard to discern chicken and the egg too it's like you get yeah. you get peyton manning and it turns a three and 13 team into someone that wins 12 games every year for a decade yeah yeah and i, I mean i guess the point the point there is okay peyton manning yeah i guess you would say joe burrow and josh allen and I, I mean, I feel like the the Josh Allen, the real kicker in Josh Allen was about the situation improving. Yeah. It's like uh, Stefan Diggs getting there and the offensive line getting better. Um, but yeah, I'll even give you Josh Allen. It just doesn't feel like that is a, yeah, a high probability of success. Yeah. I will say it's also, we can, we can break this out really quickly where it's like mm. the top of the draft this year. Hey, yeah, I might like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, by the way. Clip this off in a couple of years when I look really dumb, but teams will probably be more okay with passing on him than the following year when Caleb Williams is at the top of the draft. And they're like, yeah. there's not a goddamn chance if we get the number one pick, we aren't taking this guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that's also part of it too, is it's easy for me to yell this into a microphone, right? but if my team was so bad, I was the GM, I was, we were so bad that we had a number one overall pick and there's a quarterback sitting there who's setting college records. I'm going to be like, no, look at the track record of number one overall picks. It does not turn your team around. Nah, I'm going to go ahead and draft that guy and cross my damn fingers. Oh, my God. I, let me tell you from from experience, the year 2012 when the commanders, a formerly Washington football team, formerly Washington racial source, had Robert Griffin as rookie year. I was like, this is what it feels like. This is this is effing great. My <laughs> life rocks getting to watch this every Sunday. It was fleeting. It was a comment, yeah. oh, but God. I will take that every time. Yeah, I'm. I, if um somebody Jeff Saturdays me and makes me the GM tomorrow, and I have the number one overall pick, I'm trading that yeah. immediately for a stockpile of picks so that I can make a bunch of mistakes and still eventually be right. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So I got I, I got one more question for you about uh, a team that's right. playing on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys and something that I looked at moving forward, which is the Giants, one of the teams that you thought were, was going to improve this year. And mm-hmm. spoiler alert, you were right. Yeah. They're seven and three they're really well coached uh i think they've sort of hit their hit their ceiling and i saw I, what, what got me to notice this was i saw a tweet that next week 
they are already three point dogs at home against Washington. And I was like, oh my God, people think this team has hit the hit their ceiling. And I looked at their schedule and it's at Dallas, at home against Washington, at home against Philly, at Washington, at Minnesota. Is there a chance that we're going to look up and this team is going to be in free fall and they're going to be like eight and seven? Oh, there goes Dayball's coach of the year. I mean, eight and seven would be higher than most people thought. Um, there is a chance they'll win a couple of those games just because uh, those teams like Washington is yeah. a fickle bunch. The tough thing is <laughs> the way that they have to win is a much more unlikely path of success than some of the teams that are on here. You know, like Washington has receiver talent. If they, if nothing else, even if the quarterback's not great, they have receiver talent that I think can break the game that can break games open. And the giants don't have that. And that's as long as I watch them as good as Saquon is like, if that's the centerpiece, if that's the home run of your offense and also like the, their singles and doubles, like you're asking right. for too much of one player and one style of play. Like you just, you can't live in this NFL where your big plays come from screen passes or, or uh, Saquon breaking off long runs. So, yeah, I, I have little to no faith in them. And their defense is, I think opportunistic is the nice way. It's the, <laughs> it's the word that you use for defenses yeah. like this that like sometimes have good runs, but actually aren't all that good regularly. So they've had a, a great start to the season something to build on they the big decisions are going to come in the offseason with daniel jones and saquon barkley and i think they end up keeping daniel jones and i don't know what they do about saquon the i would suggest that they follow like the derrick henry model and try to like give him huge sums for what amounts to about a two-year deal because anything after that is uncertain with a running back what do you think of someone like Saquon has on on the trade market? Like we don't see guys like that get traded since like the Clinton Portis era. Uh, but yeah. like he's so good in pretty much both what facets about, of the game that matter. Like why doesn't it What about McCaffrey? Yeah. yeah, I guess McCaffrey, that's a good point. Yeah, that's it just happened. Yeah, I mean I guess it's too late now cuz after the trade deadline, but yeah, Saquon if they sign Saquon and then try to do like and then trade him some basketball style something, yeah, he'd be hugely valuable too a team that's one step away, but I don't see them moving on from their only like offensive homegrown guy. Yeah. It's, it's the only thing they have that gives them some hope. But the crazy thing is with McCaffrey though, like we saw, like, I think that's been stunning how that offense has looked with him. He's made like Jimmy G's run the offense. Well, adding McCaffrey, having Kittle be healthy, having Debo and Ayuk there, like he looked like a different player. And a lot of that is just, adding someone who's that freakishly explosive out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, McCaffrey is, is, is trouble for teams that like to blitz. Yeah. And that's like, it's, it's not because he's going to protect, but because he's going to end up in man coverage with the linebacker, an edge player or a safety. And even if you cover the hell out of him, he could catch it, break a tackle. And we're looking at big explosives, which is yeah. what this game is about. All right. Giants talk dead. Like, I, I don't know. This is a New yeah, York centric podcast. Fair. I didn't I didn't anticipate doing New York centric podcast. Can we get in on these bets? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We're 13 and 13, 500, baby. How did our bets go last week? We were one, one and one. 
Uh, we had a, we had a push thanks to Justin Fields and the Bears against the Falcons blowing that game at the end. Uh, but it's all good. We are thirteen and thirteen. You do it slightly different this week. I have nine. Yes, count them nine bets to pitch to you. We're not doing all of these. You have to tell me which ones suck and which ones good. Okay, which ones gotcha. are good? So the first one, stars with a little Thanksgiving football. Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard and Saquon combined over 137 and a half rushing yards. And the reason I, I put this one out there, Tony Pollard's gone, gone over 80 yards the last four weeks. Saquon has been really up and down since his shoulder injuries, averaging more than a yard less per carry. He's had games 20 yards. He's had games with 150 yards. So wasn't totally sure about this. But as you said, the weak point in the Cowboys defense, Saquon running the football. Yeah, that's a lot of yards. 137 mm-hmm. yards for an injured running back and a backup running back, uh, which I guess your Tony Pollard is like. Yeah, he's the guy now. He's he's the guy now. Um, yeah, I don't like this bet at all. I Saquon breaking off these big runs against the Cowboys' rush defense is a lot of people are pointing to the Green Bay Packers game as the like model for this. These aren't the Packers, and even though the Packers' quarterback isn't playing all that well and their receivers are up and down. You have to respect it. I still I think it's going to be hard for Saquon to get stuff going off the shoulder injury against a team that presumably is going to sell out to stop them because they have no fear of anything on the edges. So Saquon getting half of that is a lot to ask. And Tony Pollard putting together three incredible weeks in a row. It would be five. five. He's at (sighs) 429 yards in the last four games. Damn, that might make me change my mind. Because the way I see this happening is it has to be a Cowboys dominant performance and Saquon putting up like 50, maybe. Yeah, I'm going to say no. I'm going to pass on this. Okay, totally fair. Uh, Next one I got this one. I just think this is interesting. I want to talk about the game a little bit, too. Mm. Uh, Derrick Henry over 100 rushing yards and Joe Burrow over 300 passing yards. And the line on this is plus 300, three to one odds that these both happen. So we need them both to happen. Yeah. And personally, nope. I think that they're incongruent. Yep. <laughs> I don't like this at all. And it's still fresh in my mind that uh, playoff game where Joe Burrow, uh, I know that the, the Bengals have improved their offensive line, but that playoff game against the Titans that the Bengals won and Joe Burrow set a record for a number of times being sacked. This defensive line is a problem. They play really well on defense. I don't know if Joe Burrow is going to go off for that many points. And if Derrick Henry runs for over 100 yards, like the game is going to be sped up. And yeah, I don't I don't see it working out. What do you I think? I agree. I agree. I think it's like, I think this is an either or. I will be, I think one of the two will happen, to be completely honest. Game script wise, if yeah. Tennessee is up, Derrick Henry's run for more than 100 yards. He has somehow gone to the fountain of youth and continues to do that. Joe Burrow is interesting. I think we've collectively, this is crazy to say, underrated him this season because if you yeah. take out those first two games coming off appendicitis, he's more or less been, I mean, not more or less, he has been. He's been the third best quarterback in the NFL since week two. Um, and so like him throwing for 300 yards against a well-coached Titans team, very possible, but not if Derrick Henry is still making the game you know, turning into, you know, a, a, a mud pit where the game is turned into uh, not a track meet. The yeah. thing that I think is more interesting in this game, and I'm fine passing on that bet, is 
I kind of like the Bengals at minus one and a half against the Titans. Jamar Chase is coming back. The Bengals are playing way better. And uh, I just think they're a better team. And like Vrabel might be one of the three or four best coaches in the NFL, but there's a talent gap in this game. There's a talent gap. Um, Betting against the Titans, though, it's like it always feels like a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we'll we go don't have with to it. do it. Oh, we're going to go with this one. Okay, we'll go with it for now. Uh, and this is okay. We're going for it for now. And this is a one and a half point game with the Bengals at home. So the odds makers are making okay, this yeah. roughly a pickup. We're getting the yeah, point. I like for that. Okay, I like that. Okay, I got you on this next one. Let's ride with our man Jeff. Colts minus two and a half against the Steelers. The Steelers suck. Enough said. Nothing to talk about. I I picked Jeff to win last week. Yeah, uh, it came up short, but yeah, it's my guy. Yeah, not to talk about you. You got me on any Jeff Saturday bets for the rest of the year. I'm a sucker for for my guy Jeff Saturday. So yeah, book it. We got the the, the Colts minus two and a half over the Steelers. What's next? All right, that one's locked in. Uh, next one, Chargers minus four and a half at Arizona. I think the Cardinals stink, and the Chargers yeah. are finally healthy. I know Mike Williams got hurt again, but like having Keenan Allen and Mike Williams out there changed their offense so much. Yeah. Um, is Kyler back? Do we know? Does it matter? I let me check. Yeah. I don't think so. And you don't, it doesn't uh, matter anyway. I don't, he's progressed I mean, thing, quite a bit, but the team wants him to full throttle before he plays. Yeah. The thing with Kyler is he could mess around and have a big game that I don't see Colt having, but yeah, four and a half. That's it's a Vegas zone. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. I'll go with it. Chargers win okay. by at least at least uh, at least five, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next one, I'll put that one as a maybe for right now. That's what the tight the Bengals is a maybe. Well, the only one we have locked in is is the Colts, and we'll we'll circle back around because I don't I don't want to lock you into something that's not great. The next one uh, I got, the Commanders money line against the Falcons. Nope. I just think they're no. <laughs> nope. Falcons aren't that good. I know. Neither are the Commanders. <laughs> You really like this. You're a Commanders fan. Chase Young's coming back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's very good. Um, uh, we'll cut that one. Yeah, that's you're a, not that's believing a... in Heine. No, I'm not, man. I'm not. I'll I, I be watching Heine make them plays, and I guess the um, Mariota is not doesn't instill a lot of confidence in me either. It's like I don't feel great betting on or against either of these teams. Yeah, it's fair. Next one. This is a little uh, Thanksgiving, not same game parlay, but oh. Diggs and Jefferson. They've been traded for each other. Yep. Both over 100 receiving yards. This is plus 400. We're getting 400 <laughs> to bet 100. And we should talk about what will have to happen for both of these to happen. Right. All right. So Jefferson is going up against uh, Bill Belichick and the yes. Patriots. And we all know the Bill Belichick uh, ethos is make you take win left-handed yeah. yeah take away your best player so jefferson is probably likely going to see a fair amount of double teams so getting over 100 could be tough um and they're not going to have to throw a lot because the pats are not going to score a lot so i don't love that i don't love that one digs against the lions like yeah in a dome yeah, that that they're trying to be. jump out to a lead so Josh yeah. Allen can sort of run the ball in the second half. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing with the Jefferson one, and the one that got me a little bit excited about this is he had three catches for 33 yards last week and then called out the coaching staff. 
And we're, we've talked about the, the fragility of the relationship of a star receiver that's being supported by Kirk Cousins in right. an offense like that before. And I would be 0% shocked if he had 12 targets, despite them yeah. all having a lower A dot, 12 yeah. to 15 targets against a team that's not going to let him like destroy them. But the mm-hmm. coaching staff knows that they need to feed him to have their best player be a happy best player. Yeah. Mm. I don't like Pass? it. Okay. Pass. Okay. This one's, this one is the trap. All right. Here we go. It's a huge trap, but I kind of like it. The favorites money line parlay. The, the okay. Chiefs are massive favorites over the Rams. I think they're 14 and a half. The Dolphins are 13 and a half favorites, one point favorites over the Texans. The Bills are nine and a half point favorites over the Lions. And the Giants are nine and a half point favorites over, uh, or sorry, the Cowboys are nine and a half point favorites over the Giants. So I love it. Chiefs, I know Dolphins, we're going to be Bills, wrong, Cowboys. but I love it. Let's go. I know we're going to be, I, I don't see any of these teams losing. One of them is absolutely going to lose, but whatever. I love it. We're going with, uh, with those favorites, the one's that fourteen parlay? Yeah, fourteen parlay. What are the odds on on fourteen or four it's, way it's, parlay? It's, even. it's to like be. there's such there's such big favorites though that's like even odds. Jeez. All right. Yeah, fourteen parlay is a lot to ask for, but we'll take it. The last one. This is the most depressing line out there. The Broncos are minus one thirty for the money line on the road against Sam Darnold and the Panthers. Can we ride with the saddest team ever playing against Sam Darnold and the Panthers? Can we pick the Broncos on the road? Fine. We don't have to. I mean, this one, I I like, would you be shocked if they lost? No. Do you know what the record would be if they scored 18 points in every game this year? Yeah, I saw that. Nine and one. Yeah, I saw that. Well, that Nick Wright had that floating around the internet. That was, that's sad. Yeah, I, I picked the Broncos defense, and I guess that brings the offense along with me. I mean, Steve Wilkes actually has the Panthers playing pretty well, all things considered. And uh, I had a, a thought, like, why? I talked to some people about why they fired um, Matt Rule so early, mm-hmm. because whatever. It was like, all right, let him ride out this season. And it's something that I hadn't considered, but I'll keep in mind going forward is – it's about getting that money offset. Right. Like you want to give, you fire your coach early. You want to give him enough time to find a new job. So you don't, cause they normally have offset language in the contract where it's like, all right. So if you find another job, we only have to make up the difference. So I guess that's why they got rid of him early and put Steve Wilkes in this terrible situation. But I think Steve Wilkes is doing a good job. Yeah. Team seems to like playing for him. Yeah. yeah. He, I think he's going to be, he's going to come out of this with a, better opportunity at a job because his last job he got one year and i don't know the ins and outs of what happened in arizona but that shit was unfair yeah um so we're gonna go through the ones we have locked in right now we have the colts locked in at minus two and a half we have the favorites parlay locked in the ones we don't have locked in do you want to lock in Bengals minus one and a half against the titans lock them lock it in Let's Chargers go. minus four and a half at Arizona. Lock it. All right. We got four Let's locked go. in. And then are we going to do the sad boy bet of the of the week and bet on the Broncos and whether or not Russell Wilson can get to 18 against the Panthers? Hell yes. Lock All it right, in. Let's I mean, ride. The, the, the Panthers can't get to 18. <laughs> That's the reason why I'm locking it in because the Panthers offense is. Yeah. All right. I think we we 
took longer than I anticipated. I wanted to talk Anthony Davis a little bit of basketball stuff. He's playing really re- well now, but I don't know if we got that much time. Maybe. Well, I, here's here's a tease. Here's a tease. We'll end the show by saying they played the Spurs on Friday and Saturday. Anthony Davis is probably going to keep cooking. If he's still averaging 35 and 20, we will have a long, long Anthony Davis talk for you guys next Tuesday. Yeah. And I got spicy takes. I mean, he's playing for for trade value. It would seem. Ooh, well, I <laughs> if think nothing he's... else. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. But okay, all right, all right, all right. LeBron LeBron's got a lot of soul searching to do on if he how he wants the rest of the season to go. If Anthony Davis keeps playing this way, quality tease. All right, thanks, Adi Khan, Christina Buswell, Sarah Abbott, and of course, thank you, Charlie. Anything you want to say or plug or whatever. Let's listen to the debatable podcast. You can find it anywhere you get their podcasts. A lot more Dominique, some Pablo Torre, and a lot of really smart people. Please listen, please. Uh, and they're lazy. They're not doing uh, um, a Thanksgiving show. Lazy. All right. Thanks, everybody. And thank you for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.